It's story time at Disc Radio. And there's a story coming from us to you. Hello there, welcome, and thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Connor. And I'm here with another little programming update before we start our beautiful question. This is a very special episode because the guest and I recorded it not online, not through the screen, not from thousands of kilometers away, but from right across my beautiful kitchen table. That does mean that the audio recording is not the crisp, nice, easy setup that I'm used to with recording online. The issue is compounded by the fact that the guest and I have very different speaking volume and speaking style. I started the interview with a microphone almost directly in between us, maybe shaded a little bit closer to him. And a couple times I even tried to scoot it a bit closer because I could see on the monitor after a while that things were not so balanced. So... I've tried to smooth it out as best as I can by hand without taking hours and hours and hours of going through every minute of every conversation. So I hope that the levels are okay. You may find that the guest is a little bit hard to hear at times. I try to balance it out and not blow your ears away with my big bombastic voice. So I hope you can forgive me and I hope the show is still listenable and just an enjoyable conversation as I had. So thank you, I apologize, and please enjoy the conversation. Even more special, all of the interviews that we've done over the past months have been online, but today I am quite lucky to be sitting across from the table uh, with, uh, with my good friend and fellow DISC uh, member, Tara. Uh, you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, uh, my name is Tera. Uh, oh, real name is uh, Norihiro Terazawa, which you can forget about it already. Uh, I'm from Japan, uh, and uh, yeah, I've been storytelling uh, already for more than several years. I'm uh, working as a, a director of DISC, uh, as well as a solo storyteller, uh, working. Uh, here in the Netherlands and uh, some other countries internationally. And how are you doing today? I mean, we were just just talking, Tara and I, for the last hours about storytelling and workshops and getting ready and all of our story work, but we didn't slow down and just say, well, hey, how's it going? All right, yeah, thank you for asking. Yes, I think uh, I'm doing good. Uh, the time is uh, time is uh, quite uh, dramatic at this moment, I would say. So uh, it is a lot about riding, uh, sailing in a ship in a big ocean kind of thing. Yeah. I think we all have that big, big ocean, high waves feeling. Now we're also getting to weather change, you know, winter is coming. So that makes it also uh, 
yeah also a challenge um but yeah you said dramatic is there anything particularly dramatic uh, in your life oh well i must say that uh, i'm uh, now working on my new storytelling show uh, i call it as uh, standing on the miraculous field it's the 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 uh, inquiries about connection between human and nature uh, my self journey of uh, finding a sustainable uh, farming method called nature farming uh, and uh, yeah mixture of my personal story and the fantasy and this is uh, something that I've been working uh, since the beginning of the year and it's getting uh, uh, hotter and hotter and wilder and wilder and you already produced a film for this project, right? Right, yeah. It was presented in a Toronto Film Festival. It was a digital festival this year, but uh, yeah, there I presented a 15 minutes uh, short film. Yeah. Yeah, and you had already mentioned that, that this journey of nature farming was quite an experience. And if you go and watch the film, then you see this blending of reality and fantasy and asking, you know, inquiring um, as to the nature of change and where it comes from. And so I'm really curious then to hear the answer to the big question of this show uh, from Terra, which uh, as you are aware of and have been aware of since the beginning, uh, our big question for you today is what story changed your life? Yeah, what's changed, what story changed my life? Yes, so uh, I'm just checking. It's... Uh, external story internal story uh the the common story that we know or it's the story that uh, i told myself uh, and I, i'm wondering what direction you want to take it i think it's a great question um and it's one that a lot of people have brought to us and my first answer to you as storyteller true storyteller is what's the difference between all of those stories, because it isn't everything a story. And you can say, well, it was external change or internal change, but those boundaries are not always so clear. Um, so I think for me, when, I, when you ask what direction do I want to take it, I want to take it in the direction which your story is taking us. So when I ask you that question, and there is that one that comes to mind, that's the one I care about, not the rest of the rules or the theory. All right, then uh, it's a quite straightforward story. Uh, <coughs> yes, and it's a kind of strange because I cannot even say that it is actually a story, that it is more of an image within my personal experience. Uh, so to begin with, I need to tell that uh, I was, uh, I need to kind of go back 15 years, nearly 20 years ago. Uh, back then, I was a student in university. And uh, as it's custom in Japan, that it is so that once you finish the academic career, once you finish bachelor degree, you usually go to work in a company, uh, most likely the respective company. And you're gonna spend most likely all the rest of your life, if you're lucky. And if you're not lucky, you're going to change your job. Uh, that's kind of the route uh, that uh, in Japan uh, we have. And it's around the time that uh, I said that I'm not going to follow that route. And instead, I took a backpack 
um, I found myself in Bangkok in a Kaosan Road in Thailand, which is a famous street for the, the travelers, backpackers. And there, I just took the refuge for myself to think about my future and literally to say where I want to go next. Uh, and eventually I chose to, to fly to Israel and spend some time there, which is another story for another time because it's going to be too wild to expand to that side. But uh, uh, I remember still that it's, it was nearly a week or 10 days uh, I was spending in Bangkok. Uh, not doing much, uh, enjoying the sun, enjoying the tropic atmosphere, but I was constantly thinking where I would go next, where I would go next. I, will I go to India? But I've been there. Would I go to Israel? It's kind of uh, uh, attracting me with many different sense. Or would I go to somewhere totally different? Uh, I'm not sure that I'm attracted. Uh, why at all are, are you traveling now? What's your reason? Uh, all those things were running in my mind uh, and uh, I didn't know where to, to, to take, where, where to choose, what direction I should uh, choose. Uh, and the only one thing was a, a novel that I brought from Japan, which was a, a, which was a novel uh, or essay written by uh, one famous sculpture, Japanese sculpture painter Taro Okamoto. And uh, even the title of the, the essay or the novel was a quite eccentric one. Uh, let me let me remember that. Uh, uh, possess poison in yourself or something like that. That was the title of the book. Uh, as I was reading those uh, this book, uh, which was uh, quite inspiring, but I still remember that moment that my eyes were totally stuck on a few lines, which he says that in life there are often that you come to a road, T road, you need to take it, uh, you have a two direction. And usually in this moment you stumble and you wonder, you ponder which way to take. And in those moments, most likely one way is the way you know what to expect. You know how it begins, you know how it processes, and uh, you know how the end results, uh, and uh, you know that you're going to be happy by taking that route. And another route is the, the totally unknown. You don't see inch away. And still you stand there in the, the, in the crossroad, in the junction, and you wonder, why do you wonder? If you know that you want to go the safe route, you wouldn't have wondered and you chose and you already walked on that way. That means most likely that you want to walk on the path which is totally unknown for you. And that gave me the bang into my mind. And I remember that, uh, yeah, most likely next day I went to a tour agency, I book a flight to Israel and three days later I was in Israel, uh, which actually took, uh, changed a lot of my internal decision from that moment. And I still remember that was one significant moment. I said, oh, damn it, this is it. Oh, wow. 
thank you. Thank you for this wonderful insight into, I always wondered how you made the leap from, from Japan. And I mean, of course, when you hear the introduction, I think, okay, you know, obviously Japan and then knowing you so much that I think, okay, well, the first country I think about, I think about Terra is Israel. Um, so I, and now I can make that connection between uh, these two places. So, so thank you for that insight. And thank you for this wonderful, rich story that gives me so many questions. Um, but I'm going to start with the big one at, this, right. at the center. Where did you get that book, that essay? that novel? How did this thing come into your hands? And did you know what it was when you got it? Like, did you know the power that it held? Really good question. I don't recall where did I get it. Uh, but I I somehow remember that I was fascinated by this painter. I wasn't uh, fascinated by his work. Uh, I didn't have an artistic sense to understand what he's doing in sculpture and painting. Uh, but. I remember every single time that his writing or his uh, his speech made my heart move in a very strange way. Uh, back then, that I, I I identified it as a wow, what a strange guy and a weird feeling. But uh, it took some time for me to understand that was excitement. And uh, yeah, so I remember that in some moment that. Probably one day I was just, you know, walking in a bookshop and that book flashed into my eyes and I say, okay, that's it. That was the one. And do you still have the, the copy of this text or has it, I mean, books have a life of their own and they have their own journey and own destinations. Uh, but is this one you've managed to hold on to or do you need to go find it again? I think I need to go find it again. Yeah. And I'm curious because you said then like when you were younger and i think this is the case for a lot of us when you, when you were younger you didn't appreciate the art it didn't speak to you in a way has your relationship changed with his work as you have changed as an artist and you've grown do you find yourself now more attracted to the art and to the writing that he made or is it still this kind of well the art is there and i know he's famous for it but i prefer the writing and the, the speeches or has that changed also? Uh, I must say that, uh, yeah, I started to understand slowly about his work. Uh, but I must say that I was more fascinated into his philosophy and his mind, which, uh, which I can recall uh, or reflect back then, reflect at the time that, uh, you know, it was the time that I, I was shaken between the normal life which Japanese would say normal uh, which has a quite a big connotation uh, I, I don't know that many people knows but the, the standard of Asian parents is that they always wish you to be a doctor lawyer uh, scientist or politician or otherwise you are just a crap so that was the, the mentality that my parents had and uh, despite the fact that I didn't agree with it I had this feeling quite heavy sitting on my shoulder uh, and that was the, the first, literally the first moment that I identified myself into it and I felt that I was accepted. Oh, okay, that's okay that I'm thinking, walking in unknown. Uh, so that actually opened my path to, to, to dive deep into this artist.
uh, as well into his art and into his uh, psychology, let's say. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up this uh, this familiar relationship um, and what you were going through as a student in Japan, because that's the other area of your story that really sparked a lot of interest. Because you said the life-changing moment was in Bangkok, reading this book and, and getting this clarity about indecision and what that means going towards decision. But there was a really big decision you made before that and so i'm curious my first question is very simple was it the first time that you traveled alone by yourself outside of your own country no no so you'd already traveled and so so it wasn't a situation of oh i'm there and now the world is open and i can explore it you'd already done that right um but doing that with this novel and in this moment of your life so i guess the question is then did you consciously go on the trip knowing that you needed to make a decision knowing that you were at this crossroads or did you only realize it once you kind of saw what was happening with the indecision mm, it's a very good question that i think uh uh i was knowing that i was on the crossroad uh and i was uh, slowly making a step towards making decision but i must say that i was totally insecure and not knowing that this choice what this choice would lead in my future uh yeah uh, of of course reflected by the the common idea and a common life in Japan and uh, that that was one reason that I wanted to get out of the country and I must say that moment uh, if I would look back it was a more of an urge emotional urge that I need to just get out as always I can't make the decision uh, and the moment of getting out I wasn't aware how big this this decision is about you know i didn't know that you know actually i'm making actually quite a big decision okay i'm not following any normal standard way how japanese people would live yeah so i didn't know the extent of it i must say and when you told your parents do you think they knew the extent of the decision obviously yeah no they didn't and did the did the story which you read I mean, because you obviously need to tell a story to your parents mm -hmm. um, after you've read the story and gone to the travel agency and said, book me the flights to Israel. I guess the very next thing you have to do is go back to wherever you're staying and call your parents. Or not. Uh, I, I guess that was the quite a legitimate way to do it. <laughs> the, the fact was that I didn't. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, fact was that I didn't. Uh, basically, the reason was because that I knew what they are going to say, uh, and I didn't want to dismotivate myself by hearing their answer. Okay. So they they literally got to know. Uh, seven months later, when I was uh, <laughs> traveling back to Japan after Israel. And by then, I guess the story that started it all off, the, the book, the novel, that has been replaced by all of the experiences of seven months in Israel and this new 
person that's coming back. Um, so I guess I'm guessing that your that your parents never actually realized that this book was something that kind of motivated you to go on this on this journey. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and uh, I I must say that it was a uh, quite a surprise for them. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it was a surprise for yourself too, right? Yeah. And so, looking back on it all, because you had, you had the choice, right? We talked about this, this choice to go to that safe, friendly, cozy doctor, engineer, politician path. Um, and had you not, had you been in the bookstore and you picked up a different book crime novel let's say really cheap uh, $2 paperback um, would you have found the motivation this kind of spark somewhere else in Bangkok to go do something else or would you have said okay well that was it I guess I'll take the safe choice mm-hmm it's a very good question and it's very hard to answer and predict you know what was uh, what would what could be different um, I mean if I would look back still like the image that pops up in my mind was that a uh, uh, stretched rubber that's the kind of the image that I, I still like I have in that moment and in this case that I was I was waiting for the moment that this rubber will snap and I will jump leap to another place so it's a really good question probably I would uh, I would have <laughs> you know make up any kind of reasons to to dive into that direction of unknown but probably that at least I can say that that moment of that book and that phrase was the bang that I still remember very deeply. Oh, oh, that's great. I mean, it's it's wonderful that it's so clear and it's so strong. And like you said, yeah, you have this stretched rubber, but sometimes you just need a little something on it to really provide that snap. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I still remember that actually that after reading that passage and I spent uh, half an hour, one hour somewhere, then I went back reading another passage, another time, the, the same same place. And probably a day later, a few hours later, I was feeling already quite anxious. Why I'm not walking on that unknown path already? <laughs> yeah, so I, I could say that... Uh, after reading a few times that already changed my perception i think so i want to i want to turn the questions on their head a bit now um because i feel like we have a good understanding of um what happened when you you read that line um and you came back and reread it and reread it and it gave you the spark because you have followed that spark to all kinds of strange places and now you're here. Making your own stories, creating your own piece for the world. And so as a storyteller and as an artist and creator, how do you look at that, what that work did to you when you try to send your work out into the world? Is that the same kind of snap that you're trying to provide to people? 
think so, one way or another. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, because uh, I'm uh, as I became a storyteller and as I dive deeper and deeper and deeper, I sometimes notice about, of course, the, often we as a storyteller, we choose the story from the past, story that happened to you or story that uh, you heard from somewhere, you know, it's written and told many times. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm noticing deliberately that what I want to create in the, as the effect in the audience is, you know, uh, opening into a new insights. And this is something that I'm uh, really fascinated into. Uh, and uh, I can see that the, the work that I'm, the new storytelling show that I'm working, that I'm uh, uh, working with a fantasy and a real story, personal story, uh, just because that, uh, that I could pass, uh, perhaps tell the same context, same thing in a personal story, but just in order to make this opening, this insight even further that I thought, oh, actually, that if I could use the fantasies as well, uh, that will work even further. Yeah, and in this case, yeah, it's very interesting that uh, and now you made me realize that it's actually the same thing that I, I'm expecting to, to happen as as it happened to me. Yeah, and so you said that you work a lot with like this play between fantasy and reality. Um, and I'm wondering structurally and stylistically if what you're reading at the time, was it also kind of playing in between these two fantasy and reality? Was it a mix of the personal story and... Um, in this case, that I must say that it's changing uh, as I dive deeper. Uh, I was more more connected to the stories from the past, uh, like let's say personal story, if it's a personal story related to my ancestries and so on. Uh, and uh, I was putting a lot of importance on it, like many people has uh, have put importance on it. Uh, but now that I'm finding it that uh, I'm more drawn into the fantasy world, how I can change this ancestry connection, no matter how how good or how bad, probably there are both of it, you know, uh, the many different aspects of it. But I'm uh, I'm now more genuinely getting in, getting curious into the realm of stories that changes our life in the future. Yeah, which which you can only do with your fantasy, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, kind of telling it and living with it. Uh, so that's something that I I'm, uh, I notice that's some part of in, some part in me nowadays. Yeah, and I'm thinking back to that crossroads that we were looking at that you were looking at. Uh, standing in Bangkok reading this this passage and it talks about you, know, you go up and you have the no known safe road um, and then you have the unknown mysterious unsafe and if we take that kind of structure and look at what you talk about you know reality and fantasy I think it's pretty clear um, or maybe it's not so clear 
which way is reality because if we're standing at the crossroads and we tell ourselves that that safe direction is reality we probably know actually the truth is it's not safe but even if we take the the good job and do all the things that we don't know what's going to happen um there's more of a proposed fantasy so i'm curious now that you have like walked down that fantastical path earlier i asked you what would it be like if you went down that path of imagined reality now i'm curious the other side you've walked the path of fantasy you have turned fantasy into reality um and i think a lot of people myself included have the the big big question how did you do it you know you went to that unknown you followed this spark um and then how did you end up here Oh, how did I end up here? I, I it's still a question about myself, you know. How did I end up here? You mean storytelling? Well, I think I guess the the question, the real question, if I were to rephrase it, is, you know, we continuously find ourselves at the crossroads mm-hmm. in every day, too, right? Are you still continuing to follow that advice which first sent you on this journey? Naturally speaking, naturally, yes. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think twice, three times, but naturally, yes. I guess because I'm... Uh, it's kind of funny because we are talking about what story changed my life, but uh, I'm generally interested in change. And uh, uh, precisely speaking, uh, uh, my uh, internal, my self-development or self-change, self-transformation that's the part that uh, I'm uh, really curious and uh, I guess that uh, all those years I've been experimenting this with my life and with my flesh and bones uh, so I know that in certain moment I might choose the safe, uh, safe reality uh, choice but I know deep in ro- deep rooted naturally I will choose the the unknown part. Well, in in that we very much agree. <laughs> mm. So here we are. We're we're at the unknown again, um, and we have established a clear pattern of of choice as individuals. And I've asked everyone on the show. You know, okay, it's really great that this story changed your life. Um, and I think it's a beautiful story. And all of the stories on the show have been excellent. But I'm always asking, okay, let's scale this up. Let's say from a societal level, when we look at your story, what can we as society learn from what you have told us today? Hmm. Hmm. That's very interesting. <laughs> and uh, I can only reflect this from uh, sometimes friend of mine uh, commenting me commenting to me as a pathfinder. Uh, and uh, I notice that often that uh, I take this kind of action. 
and if I would, uh, and I guess this story that changed my life is uh, really the manifestation, one example of this manifestation. Uh, and if I could tell anything from that story, not from me, but from that story, <laughs> some kind of a, you know, take back for the audience, probably uh, as you step forward into an unknown path, and into the darkness, it might take some time, but uh, very soon your eyes get used to it. Into the darkness, and there you will see the things unfolding in front of you. Uh, so, well, just take a step and don't be afraid, is uh, the one that I could tell, or the story could tell. I think that's excellent and you know I think you you mentioned before and maybe I I could add a layer into your question um, because it's played in a big part in your story and we've talked about it in other conversations as well um, you know specifically Japanese culture is oh. one that rewards the safe choice right um, and so I'm curious to to hear what you kind of think this story teaches specifically people coming from that frame of mind uh, hmm. I remember that uh, that some wise person I don't remember who it was but uh, someone said that uh, uh, I think that he phrased it like that when you lose yourself you find yourself anew uh, so that's uh, that's probably what I can give, what this story can give to the Japanese people, you know, being, get out from the safe mindset uh, and uh, step forward into losing yourself a little bit uh, and uh, how surprised you are later to find yourself, some part of yourself anew. Well, I think now that you've told me all of that, I have some losing of myself to do <laughs> before there is the new me waiting around the corner once my eyes have gotten used to the dark. I want to thank you again uh, for sharing this time and this wonderful story with us. And I want to ask you one last question uh, before we sign off. Uh, and this is going to be the easiest question I've asked you all day. All right. Hopefully. All right. Um, and it's quite simple. Your soapbox now, your chance to stand up and say, is there anything that we didn't cover, anything we missed, anything you'd like to add uh, to the people listening uh, before we uh, we check out for the day? Um, yeah, all, all I could uh, say anything to the to to. This, to the audience listening to this podcast that uh, uh, I, I found that I found through storytelling how wonderful to fantasize so I hope this would gives you some inspiration to to fantasize your life and your dream and uh, whatever you want to fantasize and uh, else than that uh, thank you for having me Colin well thank you Tara <laughs> it was great Thank you from the Dutch International Storytelling Center 
This has been Disc Radio. This episode was edited and produced by Connor McMullen with outro music by Boomy Goldson. Please tune in next time for more stories. Yeah, maybe I should have mentioned, but I read some of his book even later, like some quotes and, you know, he has many quotes that he wrote as an artist. And uh, one, one of it that I still remember is like a I don't think about limitation because we are we human beings are already standing on the edge of their existence.